It's time to cover Cloudflare, Square, and Airbnb earnings. Meanwhile, mayors across the country take their paychecks and Bitcoin in OPEC sticks it to the United States. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. What is up? And we are back. I apologize that the briefing today is delayed. It's coming out a little later, but there were so many amazing companies on an earnings basis to cover that we just had to wait and see what these companies deliver so we can get um, those numbers covered into you as quick as possible tonight. So we're going to cover the day. We're going to cover the biggest headlines, of course, and those biggest headlines are earnings headlines. So let's dig into it right off the bat. So we had Cloudflare reporting after the bell. They delivered their Q3 results and the numbers were pretty darn solid. So they delivered a G. GAP EPS of negative 34 cents per share, missing uh, the expectation of 20 cents in the positive, but that was really the only negative that we saw out of those numbers in a general scheme here. You take a look at revenues, they delivered $172.3 million in revenues, that's up 51% year over year, so a pretty darn solid total revenues number there. Coming out of Cloudflare, um, EPS a little more negative than thought. Now, gross profit coming in here, GAP gross profit totaling $134.8 million um, or and or equating to 78.2% gross margins for the quarter. That is much better um, than the third quarter 2020 level of $87.2 million in gross profit and or 76.3% gross margin. So pretty darn solid uh, numbers coming out of Cloudflare uh, beating expectations, beating the mark on revenue and gross profit. You take a look at operating income and they delivered a GAP loss from operations of $26.5 million and or 15.4% of revenue. Now you compare that to the previous quarter um, where they suffered a $21.3 million loss and that was 18.6% of total revenue. So that gap loss did worsen a bit, um, but overall, not a terrible metric there. And then we have net income coming in at a gap uh, net loss of $107.3 million, and that's compared to $26.5 million in the third quarter of 2020. So not the best metric on that one. Now, you take a look at GAP net loss per basic or diluted share here that came in, and that was your EPS of negative $0.34, cents, um, and that definitely is more negative than the point zero nine cents that we saw in the third quarter of 2020. But once again, you look at that growth, 51% year over year on total revenue growth. Um, and overall, these numbers are pretty darn solid. Gross profit also improving. Cash flow or net cash flow from operating activities was a negative $6.9 million compared to $2 million um, when taking a look at Q3 of 2020. And then your free cash flow actually came in an unfortunate negative $39.7 million and or 23% of revenue. Um, and that is compared to a negative 17. $9 million is 16% of revenue from the third quarter. So overall, the numbers weren't terrible. Pretty darn solid revenue growth, um, solid improvements in gross profit, but there definitely were some negatives mixed in there. So not terrible. You take a look at the reaction here on Cloudflare and you see that stock is actually up in the after hours, 1.45%. This is one of those names that has absolutely been crushing it to the upside. You take a look at the three-month performance and it's up 65.56% in the past three months alone. Insane numbers there on a performance basis. Now, looking ahead to the fourth quarter 
We had Cloudflare guiding to 184 to 185 million dollars in total revenue for the fourth quarter, and then a non-gap income or loss from operations of negative one mil to nothing. Um, so pretty darn solid metrics looking ahead. And then also we have full year fiscal 2021 guidance management noting that they expect revenues to land within a range of 647 million to 648 million dollars. So a pretty tight range there going into year end fiscal year 2021 one in total revenue. Now we're going to keep the ball rolling here and we're going to shift right into the Square numbers. They also delivered earnings after the bell. Now taking a look here, Square is down 10.46 points in the after hours. That's negative 4.23% on these quarterly results. And we're going to take a look here uh, where these Q3 numbers ended up. So we had EPS come in at 37 cents that missed the mark of 38 cents and that mark was set by analyst here. And then we also see revenues missing expectations of 4.38 billion dollars in revenue with revenue totaling 3.84 billion dollars in q3 now gross profit totaled 1.13 billion dollars it's up 43 percent year over year so pretty darn solid numbers there you take a look at adjusted ebda coming in at 233 million dollars it's up big over the q3 2020 level of 181 million dollars so solid improvement on gross profit and adjusted ebda seller gross profit Moving to the upside, 48% year over year, coming in at $606 million. Net income coming in pretty much flat at zero uh, compared to the $37 million we saw in Q3 of 2020. So a declining net income there. Now you take a look at Square's owned cash app and their cash app is a big part of the company. And you dig through those numbers, and on the Bitcoin front, you see that $1.82 billion in revenue on a cash app was generated from Bitcoin in Q3. That's up 11% year over year. And then cash app had gross profits $42 million simply attributed to Bitcoin. That's up 29% year over year. Total cash app gross profit totaling $512 million, up 33% year over year. So the numbers out of Square pretty darn solid not fantastic but solid numbers coming out of square definitely nothing to be down about possibly a buying opportunity here over at square you take a look at the three-month performance of square as well and you know it's down 12 percent in the last three months um possibly a solid buying opportunity on a fintech leader now shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day we got a major call on costco from oppenheimer reiterating the company as a top pick now oppenheimer goes on to say quote two-year adjusted comp trends accelerated again to 28.1% from 26.2% in September and 25.2% in August. This now represents the fourth consecutive month of acceleration. We believe higher levels of inflation, a strong consumer backdrop, market share gains from food service distributor challenges and relative advantages on the supply chain front are contributing to a robust performance. So it's safe to say here Oppenheimer is bullish on Costco. And then we have Goldman Sachs upgrading Qualcomm to a buy from neutral saying quote we are upgrading Qualcomm to a buy rating from neutral after it reported a strong B and raise quarter and proceeded to indicate a greater than 20% EPS growth in FY22 full year 2022 the EPS growth indication was double our greater than 10% forecast as Qualcomm called out expected better high-end Android momentum as well as broader based positive expectations in other business lines so 
Goldman Sachs, bullish on Qualcomm, upgrading it to a buy from neutral, liking the numbers coming out of Qualcomm. And then we have Piper Sandler also naming Qualcomm a top pick, going on to say, quote, we are making Qualcomm our top large cap pick due to its exceptional positioning and strength in the Android market. We feel the company is extremely well positioned both near and long term, and we see the Android handset strength helping to offset any risk from Apple moving away. So Qualcomm getting some double love today. Goldman Sachs and Piper Sandler both naming it a top pick and upgrading it to buy from neutral. And then we have Wells Fargo reiterating NVIDIA as overweight. This stock moving drastically to the upside today. Full disclaimer, I do hold the stock, but we have NVIDIA. At one point, it was over 300 bucks a share, currently closing at $298.01 per share, up 12% on the day. Now, what did Wells Fargo have to say about NVIDIA? Well, the firm went on to say, quote, we see NVIDIA Omniverse as a key enabler platform for development of the metaverse across a wide range of vertical apps, industrial manufacturing, design and engineering, autonomous vehicles, robotics, etc. So it's safe to say Wells Fargo is liking NVIDIA because guess what? They see the metaverse coming up and guess who's going to power the metaverse? NVIDIA. And then we have Argus downgrading Starbucks to buy from hold. Now, why is Argus downgrading Starbucks? They go on to say, quote, we are lowering our rating on Starbucks Corporation to hold from buy. Our downgrade reflects the impact of rising labor costs, supply chain challenges, and increased competition. So Argus not really liking these increasing labor costs, some supply chain issues, and of course, increased competition in the coffee space, I suppose, the beverage space. Now, shifting into a Bitcoin headline, we always try to squeeze in a crypto headline here or there, and we have both New York's mayor and Miami's mayor taking their first paychecks in Bitcoin. So we recently got New York mayor, uh, or the new New York mayor, uh, Eric Adams, saying he will take his first three paychecks in Bitcoin. He tweeted that earlier. Um, so a big-time headline out of New York mayor taking these paychecks in Bitcoin, the first three at least. And then we have Miami's mayor, Francisco Suarez, he will take his first paycheck in Bitcoin. Now, uh, Miami has been big on Bitcoin over the course of the last year. They've been warming up to it quite a bit. In fact, I think at one point it was like the Bitcoin capital or something in 2021. Crazy stuff. Either way, uh, Miami has been very bullish per se on Bitcoin. And now we have New York mayor coming out and he's trying to get more blockchain and crypto companies coming to New York. And he's pledging to take his first three paychecks in Bitcoin. Some big time stuff coming out of these mayors. Of major cities across the United States. Now, in the big scheme of things, this is just overall a net positive. It might be a very small net positive, but it is a net positive. And I believe, um, in my personal opinion, it goes to show even more adoption of Bitcoin. We continue to see uh, major political influencers. We continue to see major athletes. We continue to see major figures all around the United States and the world starting to take paychecks and pay in Bitcoin and adopt Bitcoin and invest in Bitcoin. And a lot of money, institutional money as well, is flowing into cryptocurrency investments. So some very interesting stuff here in the crypto world. Um, and I would say the crypto world sees it as exciting that these mayors are embracing Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And they're trying to get um, these industries 
over to their major cities and expand on them. So very exciting stuff in the cryptocurrency world today. And then we have OPEC defying the United States and sticking to the plan. Now, we all know that OPEC Plus has had that plan where they're only going to do 400,000 barrels per day each month, and that's the increase in oil production. And they have been sticking to that. And, well, they said today that they're going to continue to stick to that. They are not going to up production. And while the United States, per se, was not too excited about that, the Biden admin has been pushing OPEC to produce more because, as we all know, we're all paying it. We're paying more at the pump. And at the end of the day, the Biden admin does not like that. Well, they're simply not getting their way. And some people are saying, well, is partially a regulation, Mr. President, but the, at the end of the day, we're not here to get political. We're here to say what in the world is going on. And OPEC Plus today sticking to their plan, not upping production. U.S. is disappointed. So we read a quote from Russian Energy Minister Alexander Novak. What did he have to say at a news conference on Thursday? He goes on to say, quote, the decision was made previously to increase production by 400,000 barrels per day every month. And I underscore every month until the end of 2022. Today, the decision was reiterated to maintain current parameters which were decided on earlier. So, pretty much what we got there was OPEC is not changing the plan. They're sticking to it, and they don't care where oil prices go. Now, shifting into Airbnb to round out the show, we're going to talk about these numbers here real quick. We had an earnings per share of $1.22. Not a bad number there. And then you take a look at revenue coming in at $2.24 billion, beating the expectation of $2.05 billion. And that revenue is up 67% year over year. Now you take a look at nights and experiences booked that totaled 79.7 million bookings um, in the third quarter. And that is a slight decrease from the second quarter, but it's still up 29% year over year when compared to those COVID-19 numbers. Holy smokes. Now, Analysts were estimating 80.8 million nights and experiences booked throughout the quarter, so it came a bit below analyst expectations, but it's still a solid number there, especially given that we had the Delta variant mixed into that quarter. Net income moving to the upside 280% year-over-year, coming in at $834 million. And then we had Airbnb's revenue um, expected to come in between $1.39 and $1.48 billion in the fourth quarter of 2021. Now, the final metric I want to touch on, aside from that guidance, which is pretty solid, is average daily rates came in at $149, um, and that is down from $161 in the previous quarter, but it's still up about 15% year-over-year year. So solid numbers coming out of Airbnb, solid guidance in the market. You know, you take a look at the performance of Airbnb and the market at first was not all too happy. We take a look at the after hours today and it's only down 20 cents. So pretty darn neutral. Maybe we see upside action in this name tomorrow. Maybe these numbers were good enough that people see more upside in Airbnb. We'll just have to wait and see and uh, anticipate more market action tomorrow. So taking a look at the three-month performance of Airbnb before we move on to the next, um, it is up 18.71% in the past three months, up 21% in the past year or year, uh, yeah, year to date. So solid numbers coming in at Airbnb. Some misses in there, for instance, on bookings, but not terrible in solid guidance. Um, But that is another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. Before we go, I do want to take a look at the overall performance of the market and uh, point out a few major runners today. So we take a look and what's going on. We got Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, and Tesla all leading the way. Today, Airbnb also moved significantly to the upside before the close. And then we have NVIDIA, obviously up 12%. That was a major headline today. Qualcomm also up over 12% today. We take a look at some major downers in the market, and we see the financials absolutely getting crushed. Some big banks down as well. We see Marina, oh my gosh, Moderna down. 
negative 17.89%, a major hit over there at Moderna. Netflix down 2.89%, possibly an opportunity there. We see Disney continuing to lie flat, and we have Apple down 0.35%, continuing to underperform its fellow Fang members. But that is another conclusion or concluding episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back tomorrow, as you know, with a weekly recap. Until then, Easily Profit trade on. And by the way, go give my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen. You can listen to them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, consistently putting out some of the best, if not the best podcast in the financial space. Go check them out. In the meantime, trade on Easily Profit, and I'll see you tomorrow.